Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. It's time for the Chicago Blackhawks postgame show. On the Blackhawks Radio Network, here's Joe Brand. Well, as of right now, 2023-2024 Chicago Blackhawks are still looking for their first set of back-to-back wins as they fall short despite a nice rush towards the end against the New Jersey Devils, but the Devils pull up the empty net goal and they take this game 4-2 to from the United Center. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 9.30 tonight here on 720 WGN Radio. If you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. We'll take your calls. We'll take your texts. We'll talk about this game where the Blackhawks got off to a decent start, but the New Jersey Devils had other plans, kind of took control in that second period, and then built themselves up to a nice two-goal lead to separate themselves enough from the Hawks in the third period. Let's head on up to the broadcast booth and bring in Troy Murray, who's been on the call with John Wideman tonight. As the Hawks fall in this game 4-2, to two, Troy, what did you see differently in the third period? Because it seemed like the Hawks had a little extra push. It may have been a little bit too late, but there still was an extra push there. Yeah, but not not a whole lot. I, I don't think they had a shot on goal until after the 10-minute mark. So, you know, you wanted to get them off to a good start to, to have that third period. And then, you know, what you saw the other night from Florida, you just want to keep building on that and really putting the pressure on. But the Blackhawks never really threatened. There was a late push that was, was okay. But I don't think that Luke Richards going to be happy with, you know, the effort in this game tonight. It just it wasn't enough, and it didn't take... New Jersey out of their comfort zone. You knew that this was a team that wanted to play a fast game, a north-south game. They're great off the transition. They want to score off the rush, and and you really didn't take that away from them. Um, I I thought the game should have been played a little bit more along the boards, you know, gritty more in front of the net, uh, getting pucks in deep, and then going in there and forecheck. You saw the good forecheck there by Jason Dickinson uh, to get the last Blackhawks goal by Ryan Donato. He goes in there, he finished his check, and that was the first thing to do. Now you separate the player from the puck, you get second support from Athanasiu. I wanted to see a little bit more of that. I think they tried to trade, you know, punches with them and, and tried a little bit too fancy coming through the neutral zone and crossing the blue line there. A lot of turnovers in my mind. Yeah, you were talking about hoping to see more physicality I think from the first intermission at least the second intermission um, is that always the role for Corey Perry and Nick Felino? I know Jared Tenorti wasn't out there tonight but or, or is that an opportunity for somebody else to maybe step up and provide the physicality for once well I, I think everybody has to take a responsibility there you know Connor Murphy you know deliver a big hit uh, you know everybody can play more physical and Twistle's got his speed there but just making contact uh, and and slowing them down when you when you're not making contact and they were credited for 20 hits but in my mind I don't even remember any big hits in this game so you know you're not sitting here and go oh boy that was a big hit and I don't remember John saying anything about oh delivers a big hit you know so there's contact being made but you know I'd like to see a little bit more there slow New Jersey down and that that kind of falls onto everybody you know you've got some guys that aren't physical players but you know Taylor Radish you know needs to be I think a little bit more involved physically 
you know, you can't always rely on Corey Perry and Felino uh, to do that. I think, you know, you need a, a little bit more of a, a group involvement in that area. Luke Richardson was switching around the lines a little bit in that third period, kind of towards the end of the second period, too. And that's kind of frustrating to see because of uh, how well the offense was looking uh, last night against the Florida Panthers, and, and that was kind of the, the motivating thing moving into this game, getting off to a good start, keeping that high-energy offense. But uh, it just seems like a lot of times this year we've been seeing Luke just tinkering around with some things just to try to get some chemistry. Yeah, it, when things aren't going well, and you know, coaches sense that as, as well as anybody. They know the pulse of the team, and if they don't see that you've got the energy and you're trying to make some line changements, changes and, and make some adjustments to hope uh, that you, you find something lightning in a bottle, but it just didn't happen. You know, there wasn't a lot of energy in the building here tonight. It was a lot of, uh, it was a sold-out crowd, good start to the game. Taylor Hall scores, everybody's excited, and then New Jersey just kind of slowly took the game away from the Blackhawks, played a smart road game, did what they needed to do. They're a hard-working team, they're well-structured, so there wasn't a lot of open opportunities for the Blackhawks to make some plays, uh, but you got to find a way to to. In a game like this, you've got to find a way to change the momentum somehow, some way, and it's got to come from different people all the time. Yeah, yeah, you got to do that on your own. And it almost looked like the Hawks were going to take some momentum in that third period when uh, Connor Bedard passes it to Philip Kurishev. I, I feel like that was the perfect example of how Connor Bedard describes his game because we always ask him about shooting and passing, and, and he's said multiple times he doesn't consider himself just a shooter or just a passer. He he only looks to try and help score goals, and I feel like that was a great example of it because everyone was keeping their eyes on Bedard, but he ends up passing it to Kurishev. However, Vitek Vanacek and, and the Devils were kind of on top of it too. Yeah, that was a big save for uh, New Jersey goaltender, and it was a real nice setup. Everybody was focused. The shot blockers were taking the shot away from Bedard. He probably could have shot it there, but there was through some traffic. The goaltender's fo focus was purely on Connor Bedard, where it should be, but he made a real nice adjustment. And you go back to the, the goal that uh, he took away from Tyler Johnson. You know, that goes yeah. in, and you get a, a different game a little bit earlier. You give the team an opportunity to build on that with the, the crowd uh, back involved in it. So it was just a frustrating night, I think, overall after, you know, finding a way to win that game last night. It was a gritty third period. Your goaltender played great. You fought hard to win that game. And then you come in here tonight, and it's a totally different type of team that you're playing and I think maybe when you looked at the game against Arizona, that it kind of compares to Arizona's kind of a young New Jersey Devils, the way that they play the game. Um, they just weren't ready, I don't think, to, to play. The, the will of the New Jersey Devils and their style of play was more evident in this one than I think what the Blackhawks want to do as far as imposing their will against their opponents. No, I, I get that. I, I had somebody tell me today that this Devils team reminds them of the young Blackhawks teams right at the beginning of the dynasty. And I, I thought that was a pretty decent comparison. A lot of good young offensive talent. You get some veteran uh, leadership on the defensive side and, and just a, a well-oiled machine when they're able to do what they want to do. Yeah, New Jersey was not a good team for a lot of years. And when you're not a good team, you, you build an opportunity through the draft. Um, you have an opportunity to build through the draft, and that's exactly what they did. They got Heischer, they got uh, Jack Hughes. This year they got uh, Luke Hughes, or in 21, I should say, they got him. So, you know, you, you have to build through the draft, and then you add pieces to the puzzle. They f felt that they needed a little bit of a, an experienced goal scorer, so they went out and got Tyler Toffoli, and, 
And if you look at the Blackhawks adding a guy like Marion Hossa, when the time is right, you know, that's what Kyle Davidson has his, his vision. He wants to have that open cap space. So when the time is right, to go out there, look at those players that can come in and be a complement to the, the group of core guys that you've developed and, and built your team around, and, and that's how New Jersey is right now. They weren't quite ready to take that next step last year. Are they this year? I don't know. I'm still not sold on their goaltending, but uh, you know this is a good team with a big defense and, and skilled forwards up front. And they got Dougie Hamilton too, Troy. Don't, don't forget about him. Why, Joe? <laughs> I don't know. I, I just I just kind of why, why Joe? I, I don't know. I just figured we're pals. Remember that. Yeah, that no, can I change don't. quickly. <laughs> Believe me, the last thing I want to do is not have you be my pal. That's probably one of my <laughs> most important things in my life right now. Um, all right, Troy. Weird schedule. I mean, back to back games and now one game over the next week. So it's kind of a, an interesting. Uh, layoff until the Hawks fly down to Florida on Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, they were a team that uh, came out of the gates with a lot of games under their belt, and it was a lot of them were on the road in tough situation. Now you've got a little bit of a breather here. You had some days off last week, back-to-back, which is going to happen three times this year, which is kind of uncommon, where you have back-to-back games in your own building. They have 12 sets of those this year, three here at the United Center. It's kind of unusual. But now you don't play until Thursday, then you don't play until Sunday. So a little bit of a break in the schedule again. And this is not an opportunity for the, for the team to have their minds wander. It's an opportunity to refocus and re-energize and make sure that you're prepared to play the right way in two tough buildings coming up, Tampa and Florida. They got geared up for a big response against Vegas last week and then a good response against the Florida Panthers. Let's hope they can do the same thing against Tampa on, on Thursday. Yeah, you, you were hoping that they would have broken that trend here tonight with back-to-back victories for the first time this season, but that's not going to happen. So start again on uh, Thursday in Tampa. All right, I hear you, Troy. Thank you very much for the insight, sir. We'll talk to you in a couple of days. See you, my pal. See you, pal. That is Troy Murray. He and John Weideman on the call tonight. As the Hawks fall to the New Jersey Devils, 4-2 to here from the United Center. We'll take your calls. We'll take your texts, 312-981-7200. Were you here at the game? Uh, were you checking it out at home? I, I know there was a great packed crowd and a very lively one at the beginning, and I, I'm glad Troy brought that up because not so much that uh, the air was let out of the balloon or anything. It, it wasn't a, a drastic drop, but New Jersey just really took over control and took momentum in that second period, and it was really difficult for the Hawks to get anything going and get momentum back on their side until the third period when they put up a fight. Uh, Good to see Ryan Donato get in the mix of things, Um, just kind of his gritty attitude, his versatile attributes. Um, Talk about a guy, in fact, our reporter Jack Heinrich here, as soon as Donato scored, said, man, that, that guy's done everything he's asked. Um, at any moment, and that is the case. I mean, anytime Luke Richardson is want to move him throughout the lines or uh, put him in a different role, a different responsibility, he's done that immediately. He hasn't put up a fight or anything like that. Um, just, just a real good team player, and uh, even. Tony Granato, who's now uh, helping us out with Blackhawks coverage over on the TV side of things, coached him for Team USA and was talking about how great of a player he was, but how even better of a teammate that he is. And uh, just goes to show you what he brings to the table. But kind of a just a, a lackluster loss here tonight, if you will. Um, again, a good start with the Taylor Hall goal. I thought the Hawks got off to a good start. 
Um, even when New Jersey takes a 2-1 lead in that first period, you still like, for the most part, the Hawks' performance in that first period. But it all does kind of look less valuable after the second period. We're once again in a situation where the Hawks basically need all 60 minutes in order to pull out victories against a lot of these teams, and New Jersey is definitely one of them. Last night, they were able to build up a comfortable enough lead at 4 nothing, even at 3 nothing after the first period because, again, Florida definitely outplayed the Hawks at the beginning stages, actually the entire second period, but especially the beginning stages of the second period last night. But Connor Bedard had the only goal, so it kind of flipped the momentum in favor of the Hawks and uh, allowed them to just, again, be a little bit more passive and uh, play a little bit calmer because they had that large lead. Now, they had to pick things up in the third period when Florida got the momentum rolling. Um, But again, it was a big enough lead. They felt confident enough in their game. Tonight, it was just one of those things where you're trying to come up for air, and the more you swim, the the more tired you get, and the more difficult it is to to come back up. also, Vitek Vanacek with a couple of huge saves. As Troy mentioned, the, the Tyler Johnson opportunity in the first period, that was unreal. I, uh, I reacted quite <laughs> uh, flagrantly when Vanacek came up with that save. And we, there were a couple of Devils fans sitting right in front of the booth. And they the one kid just starts like punching the air in celebration with this mammoth save and it was just one of those saves where he literally dives to his let's see it was to his right and he loses his stick so it it's it's almost like you throw out everything you learned as a goaltender to make that save you're just doing everything that you can to get in front of the puck and make sure it doesn't get past you so that is that that's an opportunity right there for the Hawks to tie up the game. Doesn't go their way. Adds momentum to New Jersey and uh, continues to help the Devils in this one. Again, we'll take your calls. We'll take your texts. 312-91-7200. Dexter and Bolingbrook says, Joe, it doesn't get any easier, does it? They still have to go through Nashville, St. Louis, Detroit, L.A. Kings to make the playoffs. Thanks, Dexter and Bolingbrook. Uh Dexter, I always appreciate your optimism, but again, I, I think right now we need to focus on just where the Blackhawks are in terms of uh, improving in, in certain aspects. I don't know if we need to jump to the playoffs um, after every single game, because otherwise I think you're going to get yourself very frustrated. But you're right, the schedule does not get any easier. The next three games, Tampa, Florida, Tampa, and then on the road in Nashville, Buffalo, Columbus, Toronto, St. Louis, Seattle, Detroit. And again, let's face it, the Hawks are on paper not one of the top teams, so a lot of their competition is going to be an uphill battle. But still, this this heavyweight fight that consistently happens to begin the season just continues to be stressful and, and a little bit tough. But um, you thought tonight might be somewhat of a different story with no Jack Hughes or Nico Heischer, but... We were talking about how this is still a very impressive New Jersey team, and it still was, um, but you would just still like to see more of a 60-minute effort coming from the Hawks in this one. Adam and Romeoville, uh, just wanted to know your thoughts on Kevin Korchinski. Seems he's been playing with a lot of energy. Uh, I, I don't want to pinpoint one thing because it was the main thing I noticed from Korchinski's game tonight, but his turnover 
in the first period that led to Max Willem's goal, Willman's goal, excuse me. Um, that was a rough one. I, I do think it's not all on Korczynski. He is the last guy to touch the puck before Willem takes it down. Willman takes it down, excuse me. But um, I, I honestly think it was a, a Connor Bedard pass that kind of got just lost in the slot, and New Jersey tried to send it out to the neutral zone. Korczynski's there. He couldn't quite settle down the puck, and then the Devils come down the other way and score. Again, Kevin Korczynski deserves to be here at the NHL level through 10 games. He's been very, very impressive. 19 years old, doesn't seem out of place. Uh, That's just the main thing I noticed tonight. And the other thing is, he is a guy where you're not noticing much, which means he's doing all the right things. That's what you want to see from a 19-year-old defenseman. I do think he plays with a lot of energy. It's And again, it's his... I know, so let's see. He doesn't have... He's got three points, but I, I, I can't remember the most recent point that he's picked up. So much has been put on his offensive skills as a defenseman. Even though that's not being totally thrown in our faces, even though that's not like been the the main point of his game so far here at the NHL, I think it's his offensive skills that's allowing him to do things like break up passes, break up plays, and uh, just just having an active stick to to break up the offensive plays from the other team. So again, it's it's nice to see him using those skills defensively. The offense will come. I mean, again, it's three points are already here, but. Uh, he's 19 years old. So once he gets more comfortable, once he gets a little bit more acclimated to the NHL, it, there's going to be more coming. Uh, our reporter Jack Heinrichs telling us that no one has been available yet in the locker room. So we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that. We're hoping to hear from a few Blackhawks at least, and then head coach Luke Richardson. But we're uh, we're going to take a quick break and uh, try to maybe get an update from Twitter. But again, we'll take your calls. We'll take your texts. 312-981-7200. Hawks fall to the New Jersey Devils 4-2 to tonight here from the United Center. You're listening to the Blackhawks postgame show on 720 WGN. Puck behind the net there by Dickinson. And Meyer will track it down. Stops on a dime in the far corner. Athanasius steals the puck, put it down in front. The Nato shoots, scores! Some hard work by that line. Donato on the finish with a little help from Dickinson and Athanasiu. And with 4.46 left in the third, we got a hockey game here. Hawks trail 3-2. Don't go away. We're going to give Ryan Donato our with the most heart, which is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine. Northwestern Medicine is home to the state's leading heart and vascular program, top-ranked for 16 straight years by U.S. News and World Report. However, that was the last goal the Hawks would score. A 4-2 final here from the United Center goes the New Jersey Devils' way. I'm Joe Brand. You're listening to the Blackhawks postgame show here on 720 WGN. We're taking your calls. We're taking your texts. 312-981-7200. Bobby is an LSIP, and he liked Connor Bedard's physicality. What about his physicality did you like, Bobby? Well, I, I like that he's actually opening up about it. He's a smaller player, but he's not afraid to actually put his body on the line for the team. Which, I mean, as a smaller player like Patrick Kane was, uh, he, he does have a lot of the Patrick Kane in him when it comes to puck handling. Hell, he's, he's past him when it comes to puck handling and, and skill. But he, I saw today that he is 
willing to put his body out and actually make an effort. And and that I didn't expect from him, but I'm really glad to see it. Did you think that was an improvement on this year, Bobby? Like, did you notice not much physicality at the beginning of this year? I, I Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's growing as a player when he's doing this. Because, I mean, we all knew he had the skill. But nobody expected any sort of kind of physicality from a player of such a small from such a small player and and especially such a young player with a with a small physique yeah but he's coming out here and and, i i i I, yeah no i i agree with you um i also i was flipping through my book and um it was it was the game against arizona as rough as it was he had a good check on sean dersey i remember making a note of that and yeah i do remember some physical plays he made tonight too i i will just say I, I agree with you, but I also just think he's he's being smart about his physicality. He's he's not evading checks. He's kind of just softening them. Like when when someone's coming at him, he doesn't you know run away or, or try to scurry away. If he can, he will. But he also is just doing a really good job of absorbing the hit and not taking it full front. And you're right, he's not doing the Kane thing where Kane just kind of hangs at the back of the uh, of the pile of the scrum at the boards and, and waits to find the puck. He he's wrapping his stick around. He's he's putting an arm around guys. He's not being Corey Perry out there and throwing guys down, but he's 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 not being afraid, and I think that speaks to his confidence. So I think that's a good point you bring up, Bobby. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and and it, it and it's it's just it's just showing a bright future for the organization as a whole with him as a potential center point. I hear you, Bobby. Were you at the game tonight? Oh uh, yeah, oh yeah, I have. I was. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, are you on your way home? Yeah, yeah. Yep. I was actually there with uh, my dad and my girlfriend, and my dad's driving me home as we speak. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll drive <laughs> safe, Dad, and thanks for chiming in, Bobby. Don't be a stranger. All right. That is Bobby and Elsip on his way home from the game. Hawks fall to the Devils 4-2. to two. Uh, Yeah, John and Troy were actually talking about it at the beginning of that third period. Uh, Bedard just kind of getting, not again, not like putting himself inside of the scrum, but not being just a fly on the wall either. He's he's making, I don't know if I want to say an impact, but he's making his presence known that he's there. And, and again, that's an 18-year-old on his 10th game in the NHL doing that and, and knowing what to do in that situation. And again, I think that speaks more to his confidence. 312-981-7200 if you would like to chime in from the 847. Why all this talk about the playoffs? Let's focus on the here and now. We are in a rebuild. Win or lose, I am always behind the team. I am a Chicago Blackhawks fan first and a Chicago sports fan win or lose. Cheers, Scott. All right, Scott, I hear you. I, I just brought up the playoffs because uh, somebody else was asking about them. Um, let's see here. We, we got another text, um, as I let this load up from the eight, four, seven, why are you making excuses for the Hawks players? They are professional athletes. So what if they have a tough schedule, figure it out and play hard. Many others would want that opportunity. I'm not making an excuse for them. I I'm pointing out they've got a tough schedule, but, uh, and in fact, they'll be the first to tell you that that's not an excuse. Nick Felino, Connor Bedard, Luke Richardson, uh, everyone ha- has mentioned that they can't use the tough schedule as an excuse. I'm not saying that that is why the Hawks are 4-7-0 and right now. I'm, I'm just pointing out that 
this is why some of these games have looked the way they do. And, and let's face it, this is a rebuild. This isn't going to flip in one year. Uh, 847 continues to text in, Doc- doctors and nurses have to give 100% every day. You're absolutely right. Yes, and, and I'm glad doctors and nurses give 100% every day. And uh, I'm glad our lives aren't relying on hockey players. I, I'm, I, I truly am. I'm glad they're here for our entertainment and having some fun being entertained right now. Uh, from the 708 area code, will the Bill Cunningham show be broadcast in its entirety? Yeah, at 930. That's when we wrap things up. Hawks followed in the New Jersey Devils tonight. Four to two. We still are waiting on sound from the Blackhawks dressing room. It sounds like that uh, just just hasn't happened yet. Uh, I'm taking a quick look at Twitter and uh, still no word about anybody talking. Uh, we're hoping to hear from a few Hawks. We're hoping to hear from Luke Richardson. Um, this team has been very vocal of their struggles. Um, Luke Richardson has been. Uh, has had no problem calling his team out. He did that a couple of weeks ago after the loss to Boston, got the team ready for Vegas. They responded with the best win of the year. The following game was the worst the worst loss of the year to the Arizona Coyotes. The Hawks come back with another very valiant response, beating the Florida Panthers. That was last night, and tonight not so much. But But again, it was a good start. It was a decent push at the end, but that middle 20 can happen the way it did. The beginning of the third period, and the majority of it, I'll say, can't happen the way it did. This this team is going to need its full 60. That was a little bit more consistent last year. I'm, I'm trying to remember if at this point last season it was this inconsistent. I, I don't think it was. I remember, I remember having to talk about this at the early stages of the Jeremy Colleton era, how, how the team was kind of consistently inconsistent. Um, now, that was a much different Hawks team. The makeup, the setup for that gear. Uh, this year, we knew what we're getting into. It, it was a different makeup roster-wise, a whole bunch of different faces and personalities and roles and responsibilities and, and guys that were brought in for those specific reasons. But um, even though you know this year wasn't all about the wins and losses, uh, again, you'd still like to see that full 60-minute effort that full-on push um, against some teams that you know could be surprised, like the Hawks have been able to surprise some other teams. Uh, we'd just like to see that a little bit more. So, so it'll be interesting to hear uh, what we can from the Blackhawks dressing room before this one is all said and done. Uh, we're going to take another break. We'll continue to talk about Lucas Reichel, Connor Bedard, um, and the Blackhawks falling to the New Jersey Devils here tonight, 4-2 to from the United Center. Blackhawks hockey on 720 WGN. Cleared to center ice by Hall, taken back by McLeod. He fires, he scores with .4 seconds left on the clock. It's going to make the final score of the Devils 4 and the Hawks 2. That was the final score tonight as the Hawks fall to 4-7-0. The New Jersey Devils pick up their seventh win of the year, 7-3-1. They did not have Jack Hughes. They did not have Nico Heischer tonight. The Devils were 2-1-1 without Jack Hughes last season. Lindy Ruff, their head coach, mentioned that Hughes will be week-to-week now after suffering an upper upper body injury in a, a hit that he caught against the St. Louis Blues on Friday, kind of crashed into the boards. It was rather ugly, and Jack Hughes leading the NHL with 20 points at the moment. Uh, Those numbers might be different after the past couple of days, but still up near the top, so you don't like to see that kind of stuff. So hopefully it's a quick return for Jack Hughes, but obviously this Devils team still with a lot of success available in the regular season without him. 
as they take down the Hawks tonight, 4-2. to two. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 9.30, and normally around this time, we've got some sound to play for you from the Blackhawks dressing room or from the head coach, Luke Richardson. Uh, apparently, the Blackhawks had a team-only meeting. Getting uh, some updates from our reporter, Jack Heinrich, and let me correct myself, a players-only meeting. Um, after tonight's 4-2 loss to the New Jersey Devils. And just taking a quick skim on Twitter, Charlie Romeliotis of NBC Sports Chicago saying the Blackhawks locker room stayed closed for more than 20 minutes after the game. Seth Jones, Corey Perry, and Ryan Donato confirmed that there was a heart-to-heart players-only meeting. A little bit earlier, Mark Lazarus of The Athletic tweeting out the Blackhawks had somewhat lengthy had a somewhat lengthy team meeting after the game as a heart-to-heart, as Corey Perry put it. Nothing heated but talking about accountability and being reliable, playing like a brotherhood. I was interested to see... Okay, when Luke Richardson challenged his team after the Hawks fell to Boston a couple of weeks ago, well, that was last week now, last Monday here at the United Center, and then the Hawks, no, I'm getting all my days screwed up now. First challenged this team two weeks ago after the loss to Boston. They came out, they beat Vegas, win of the year. The following Monday, they fall to Arizona 8-1, to loss of the year. The players were more vocal in that game. It was Nick Foligno, it was Seth Jones holding his teammates, holding their teammates accountable, saying they can't take other teams for granted. Luke Richardson was actually a little bit more positive in his post-game com- comments after that game, saying he liked the way they played in the first period. But again, the, the, even the first period, but the majority of the final 40 were really rough for the Hawks in that game against Arizona. They come out against Florida. They play a great game at the United Center. I, I feel like this is Luke Richardson allowing the leaders, the veterans, the guys with the experience to be the motivators here. I think as a head coach, and I, I'm only saying this from what I've heard from what guys like Luke Richardson and other head coaches have said, that you got to pick your spots. You can't go in there and peel the paint off every single loss because then the message just becomes hollow and the same thing over and over again. It gets mundane. First, Luke Richardson challenges his team. The team responds. It's just all this back and forth that's been going on. So maybe maybe you saw the hard side from guys like Felino and Seth Jones and Corey Perry after the Arizona game. And now they're trying a different approach. And, and I don't think this is all just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. I, I think this is this team trying to find its identity and trying to find its its traits and, and, and who they are. Um, it sounds like Luke Richardson did talk, and again, this one coming from Mark Lazarus of The Athletic. It was a players-only meeting, which Luke Richardson says was good. They hear from me enough, and we've heard that from Luke before, that he's going to he, – that's why he's a players-friendly coach. That's why so many guys like playing for him, because he lets the leaders kind of patrol and police the dressing room on their own. He knows when he has to come forth and speak. So – Listen, it's 10 games in. These aren't all excuses. This is a very young team, at least half the roster is. Uh, This is still an early part of a rebuild. And I'm not trying to sprinkle sunshine and rainbows on everything that happened tonight, but 
this is what it's going to take at the early stages of a rebuild. And it seems like the players, the veterans, I should say, are trying to be as accountable as they can instead of just pointing fingers and, and saying, you know, you got to do this differently, you got to do that differently. They're, they're trying to thing out before it gets really rough. And again, I, I didn't expect this much this much looking for a direction this early. Again, I, I think that was one of the best things about Luke Richardson and the coaching staff last year was how quickly that that was implemented, how well they led this team. But um, again, this is why Luke Richardson and Kyle Davidson brought in these guys like Perry and Hall and I know Jones and Murphy were already here and Felino, but but they're looking to instill a a good chemistry, a good base, a good foundation in the dressing room to set things off right, to start things off right, um, in hopes of creating a, a good foundation for a, a long, successful organization in, in the next couple of years. So. Uh, these are the ugly periods that it looks like sometimes. And I guess if you do want to pull the saving grace out of it, then at least the older players are, are trying to straighten things out now, are trying to to fix the holes and uh, work on the cracks that are, are, are here at the early stages of this season. So hopefully we'll get some more quotes because we're starting to run out of time here. But uh, we'll, we'll gather what we can after our last break, Hawks fall to the New Jersey Devils tonight, four to two from the United Center. You're listening to the Blackhawks post game show, seven twenty WGM. Out of Tyler Johnson, left wing boards to Wyatt Kaiser at the line to Johnson, top of the left circle, fires, they score! Taylor Hall on the doorstep. It was a hard shot by Johnson from the top of the left circle. Vanacek made the save but left the rebound on the doorstep, and there was Taylor Hall to jam it home early on. It's one nothing Hawks. Fun stuff at the beginning of this one. Hawks get the scoring started. Taylor Hall with his second goal in his many nights. In his first two games back from injured reserve. But after that, the Devils scored three unanswered. The Hawks only got one back. And then the Devils picked up an empty net goal. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're wrapping things up after a 4-2 loss for the Hawks against the New Jersey Devils. Next game is Thursday against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Actually, let's get to our next game preview, which is sponsored by Plumbers 911 Chicago. Would they do it right the first time? Classes Kucherov right point. Power play Lightning up 4-2 in the third. Kucherov drifts right corner back for Stamkos left circle. Shoots! Score! Braden Point! He tips it in! A hat trick for Braden Point! Braden Point had two goals coming into this game. He now has five. Dave Mishkin of Tampa Bay Lightning Radio is the Lightning hosting the Hawks on Thursday. It's going to be the first of two meetings between the Hawks and the Lightning over the next week. Again, the schedule is just so screwy right now. And again, this isn't an excuse from the 847 texter. Um, You just play back-to-back games. You're off for three days. You play Tampa in Tampa. You're off for two days. You play Florida in Florida. You're off for three days. And then starting November 16th, the Hawks basically play a game every other day. It's just a weird niche in this NHL schedule, and it gets weirder after the All-Star break, but that's just what happens. Uh, One other quote I want to bring to you. This is from Ben Pope of the Chicago Sun-Times on Twitter. Blackhawks held a, a lengthy team meeting after tonight's loss. Corey Perry saying, that's the brotherhood. You're not putting anyone down. 
that wasn't the message. It's more about being able to talk about it and figure it out as men. So a players-only meeting, Luke Richardson was not part of it. He's cool with that. He likes that, as uh, we've gathered from the post-game comments. And it just seems like the leaders are just trying to take a different approach. This team has been called out by their head coach, by the leaders, by the veterans. So now a different kind of approach with this younger squad. And we'll see how they respond on Thursday against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Only one other game that went on in the NHL tonight. How about this? The Anaheim Ducks are going to give the Vegas Golden Knights their first regulation loss. The Knights were up 2-0 in this one. Mason McTavish just scored to give the Ducks a 3-2 lead, and it looks like Anaheim just picked up an empty netter as uh, Vegas pulled their goalie. So the Vegas Golden Knights will see their 20-game point streak come to an end. They're going to move to 11-1-1 unless they get a two-goal comeback with just about uh, 68 seconds left in regulation or so. Blackhawks Hockey is sponsored by the Northwestern of the Midwest University Clinics in Downers Grove. Sitco, when you start with Sitco, you're good to go. United Airlines, Anheuser-Busch, Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time, and Northwestern Medicine. A big thanks to all the help back at the WGN studios, our producers Sammy Martino and Patrick Hennessy, along with the engineer, the captain, Brett Jackson. Here at the United Center, our reporter was Jack Heinrich. Nick Hepner stepped in as engineer tonight. John Weideman and Troy Murray had the call from the United Center. Kevin Wells has your news next. After that, it's the Bill Cunningham Show, which you've all been waiting for. I'm Joe Brand signing off. Have a great rest of your Sunday. We'll talk to you on Blackhawks Live, which comes at you Tuesday night here on 720 WGN. You've been listening to Chicago Blackhawks Hockey on Blackhawks Radio, 720 WGN. Streaming on WGNRadio.com and smart devices everywhere.